So you can actually get energy from your own fat. You're not starving yourself when you stop eating or take breaks from eating. You've got plenty of food stored for such a time as this. Just trust the process. There, and welcome to the Falling in Love with Your Fit podcast, where we teach you how to thrive in your body with frameworks, solid inspiration, and motivation to help you eat for vitality, move optimally, and love your life so that you can ultimately fulfill your calling. If you have lost your grip on your own fitness, or maybe you're just ready to take it to the next level, this is for you. Let's get to work. there and welcome to the Falling in Love with Your Fit podcast. Today we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting, what is the big deal, and fat burning, fat storage, and how do I crack the code. So the first thing that I want you to know is that you cannot have both. You cannot have fat burning and fat storage at the same time. So if you want to lock your body into fat burning, then we have to trigger the fat burning in the first place. That only just makes sense, right? The trouble is when we're eating sugar, when we're eating frequently, we never let our body get to a place where it has to burn fat for fuel. And that's where we sabotage ourselves. So I want to talk to you about that today. And I want you to know that this is kind of the beauty of learning how to trigger on purpose a fat burning process so that you can be efficient with the food that you eat and the food that you store, and we don't have to be eating all day long. Now, if you're a mom, you are probably cooking for those hooligans in your house all day long. If they're anything like mine, these kids want to eat all the time. Here is the good news. If you can train them and their metabolisms to kind of follow along what you do, you're not going to be in the kitchen all day. You're not going to be cooking all day and being tempted to eat all day long. So it is a win-win, win-win <laughs> for you, for the kids, for the family, for the budget, and for everybody's health. So let's jump into this. So to create an environment to optimize consistent fat burning, what we need to do is we need to take breaks between eating. See, here's the deal. Every time you eat sugar or carbohydrate of any kind, and that includes salad, that includes fruit, that includes all the good carbs, the complex carbs that we might be eating, this triggers an insulin response. So anytime you're in an insulin response, your body is storing fat. It is not using your own fat for fuel. Now, as long as that's going on, you will not be losing fat, <laughs> okay? It's a really super important concept that I want you to get. Now, when you get into a situation where glucagon is at work, which helps you to burn your own fat for fuel, then you're in the sweet spot. But the two hormone systems will not work simultaneously. It's one or the other and never both. So this is why skinny people stay skinny. They have learned, or actually their bodies have learned, how to be effective and efficient fat burners. And as you know, the body's momentum tends to carry its own momentum in the rut or in the pattern that it has done for years and years and years. 
if you're into fat burning, you're going to be consistent fat burner and you're probably going to stay lean. Even when you have your babies, even when you get into situations where you're eating a little bit more, your body is going to tend to trigger that fat burning easier because that is a hormone system that's working very, very well for you. This is why paleo and Atkins diets work so well, because by taking the sugar out, we take you out of insulin production. If insulin's out of the picture, we're not storing fat. So here's the danger. If you get into low fat eating, this is actually, or tends to be high carb. And this of course doesn't trigger fat burning. So I realize this is maybe new. It does kind of require almost a type of surrender or trust to the process. But I want you to know that this works. There's science behind this and it works every single time. I want to tell you a story about my daughter. She's very lean and she's a very good fat burner. She has never really had an appetite for sugar and she really doesn't eat a lot of sugar. And so one of her friends was doing a science experiment this past year and the idea behind the experiment was to test, and she had these little pinprick things, she was testing blood sugar after all of these students in her class drank a small serving of orange juice. Now, they were all in a fasting state. I think it was done first thing in the morning. And so everybody's blood sugar went up immediately on consumption of the orange juice. That makes sense, right? You would expect that, except for my daughter. Her blood sugar actually went down. And they were all baffled by it, <laughs> including me for a few moments until I really thought about it. And then I realized, wait a minute, my daughter does not snack between meals as a rule. And that's not really something I put on her. She just doesn't really have an appetite for it. She kind of inherited that metabolism, I think, from her father, who also does not snack between meals. Very good fat burners. And yeah, you guessed it, very, very lean. And so what happened with my daughter is that when she drank the orange juice, her blood sugar went down because her blood sugar was actually higher in the fat burning state. Now that's an efficient fat burner. See, that's a process we call gluconeogenesis. And that means that we are actually producing sugar from our own fat. It's an amazing process. So you can actually get energy from your own fat. You're not starving yourself when you stop eating or take breaks from eating. You've got plenty of food stored for such a time as this. Just trust the process. So here's how intermittent fasting works. The first step in intermittent fasting is just to begin to extend that fasting period between meals. So if you normally eat at, say, noon, you don't eat a mid-afternoon snack, I want you to try and extend your non-food time, maybe until dinner, all the way to dinner. I know. <laughs> but here's the deal. The longer break you take, you're resting your digestion, you're getting into fat burning, and you're getting more efficient with how you actually process your food. So grazing frequently, snacking between meals, even if it's healthy food, all of that has to go. Second step is decide the earliest time that you can be done with eating. So think about your evening meal. If you normally eat at six, is there a way that maybe you could put that meal on the table at five or maybe sneak it up to 5.30 so that you're done eating 
as early as possible in the evening. Now, the idea here is to be done with food so that you can begin this fasting process, which of course will extend through the night and into the next morning. So maybe you'll stop eating at about 6 p.m., say. So you're going to have a fasting state if you wake up at 6 a.m., as a lot of people do. If you wake up at 6 a.m., here's the cool thing. You've just had 12 hours of fasting. They say that if you get beyond 10 hours of fasting, you're into the brown fat, the old fat, the interstitial fat that really, that's between the organs in the gut and in the the body. And so that fat, I promise you, it doesn't really have much of a purpose. It's been there for a long time. We need to start burning that fat. The longer you fast, the easier it is for your body to get into that. Now, third step, as you're taking this break and as you're you know, finishing your evening meal earlier and earlier, now I want you to begin to extend that breakfast meal as long as you can. Maybe you can just have your coffee in the morning and some nice water the lemon water that I talked about in the last episode. Maybe you can just get by with that. And so not eat until about 10 a.m. Now you're extending that that fast from 12 hours to, what is that, another four hours? So now you're at 16 hours. If you can go till noon, oh my goodness, now we're really burning some fat. And so this is where intermittent fasting, they say, really hits the pay dirt. If you can get into eating just twice a day, that lunch meal and a substantial meal, and then finishing your eating by 6 p.m. That's kind of the ideal schedule. So 12 noon, extend that fast until 6 p.m. So we're taking a break between those meals and then extending that evening and bedtime fast all the way till noon the next day. Now, I realize maybe you can't do that every day. If you're working out in the morning, it's probably a good idea to have something in your belly so that you don't, you know, I don't know, pass out from low blood sugar (laughs) as you're working out. But here's the deal. Again, the more efficient you get at this, you see, the less blood sugar issues you're going to have as your body gets into, remember, that big fancy term, gluconeogenesis, producing your own energy from your own fat. That's what I want to see for you. So I hope this episode was helpful in terms of understanding fat burning and fat storage, intermittent fasting, give some of these things a try. I'm sure that you're going to have a great time doing it. And until next time, stay healthy. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment, rate and review and subscribe. You can interact with me on Facebook at Dr. Laura Sparks and email me directly at support at drlaurasparks.com. Until next time, Keep loving life and stay moving.